You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. to another edition of the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler on this very exciting Thursday afternoon, March 24th. It is currently 1.18 p.m. And Sam, we are just about six hours away from the start of the Sweet 16 matchups. How excited are you? I know I'm pumped. Oh, very pumped. It's... uh... It's like Christmas morning all over again, isn't it? We just had it last Thursday, and then you have all of a sudden that break-off where the last game ends on Sunday, and you're like, well, what do I do now? I think the best day in sports, honestly, might be the first day of the NCAA tournament every single year. I think so. Well, I firmly believe that the best stretch of sports is the conference tournament week all the way until the final round of the Masters. Because then you have – the entire NCAA tournament, conference tournaments, baseball starts, plus the Masters. You can't beat it. It's a big time of the year. It is. And even for people who don't love golf like yourself, people who don't like golf necessarily, we'll they watch. will watch the Sunday Masters round. I mean, it's, it's just a huge stretch of sports. Let me tell you, man, Jordan Spieth keeps winning. I'll, I'll really start watching. Because when you have that polarizing figure, that's when golf's really, really, really good, in my opinion. Uh, so for today's show, it's going to be a lot of Sweet, sweet 16 talk and our predictions for those along with some NBA news and notes, including LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have an announcement to make, Sam. A very personal announcement to make. We'll te- we're teasing that right now. That will be about in about 20 minutes or so. But Sam, you got an email today that you said is very funny. Now, is the audience going to think it's funny as well? Yes. I don't know how often – is this a dad email? What? Is this a, a, like no, a no, Ford no, no. email that our father sends? Okay, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I recently started writing for a website called AmateurGolf.com. And part of my job has been to talk to tournament directors for the bigger amateur events in the, uh, in the Northeast. So I talked on the phone to one of them yesterday. And I'll, in case they listen, I'll keep the name out. Um, so I sent a thank you email and I was also saying, cause he was also, he also invited me up to play the day before the event started and they they have a sponsorship, uh, event. And he said, Oh, you're more than welcome to play, see the course, blah, blah, blah. And I double checked the dates of the tournament and I noticed, Oh, we're going to be, Oh, should I? I need, wow. I, I need to blow our story to... Fine, to, blow the announcement. All right. Go for We're it. We're going to the Grand Canyon wow. at the end of May. you got to think these through, man. You're the one that came up with I the know, teaser. I know. I did. Anyways, so in the email, I say, you know, sorry, I won't You're be able to terrible. make it. You're terrible. I'm going awful. to the Grand Canyon. I think the email will make up for it, though. So I, I finish my email saying, thanks for letting invite the invitation. Wish I would be a, could come but I'm going to be in the Grand Canyon that week. So he responds this morning, enjoy the trip with the kids, exclamation point. Hope to see you next year. 
kids, huh? The kids, huh? I'm going to the Grand Canyon with the kids. <laughs> I was dying. I saw this. Uh, it was a little before 9 o'clock. I saw that email come across, and I was. it took me a second. And then I was like, <laughs> I just started laughing at him sitting at my desk. Maybe he meant your golf clubs. No, I think he meant kids. Like actual human beings? Yeah. Yeah, like like kids running around. Are you trying to tell us something, Sam? <laughs> he just assumed I had kids. I'm 25, not married, not even close to being married. Well done. <laughs> How funny All is right. that, though? I was not expecting that. <laughs> I told you, that's funny, right? Yeah, well, let's dive into sports. <laughs> the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler. <laughs> Four matchups today, four matchups tomorrow on Friday. And, Sam, you look at this lady game. We'll dive into the Grand Canyon thing more later. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we, let's Sorry, di- it was worth it for the story, though. I guess so. Sam has kids. Um, no, don't do not do not do that Dan Patrick fake breaking news thing there. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, so, Sam, we got four matchups today. Miami versus Villanova, A&M versus Oklahoma, Maryland versus Kansas, and Duke versus Oregon. Which game are you most looking forward to Maryland, watching Kansas. tonight? Okay. Maryland versus Kansas. That's Why? a game – I mean, it, it could be a Final Four game. It could be a national championship matchup. Uh, there are two teams that were ranked um, in the top five at the start of the year. Uh, Maryland, were they preseason number one? They were preseason number one. Or was North Carolina preseason number one? Not that I take much stock in it. Maryland, I think, was number two. Two, one, two. But they but, were. But after Maryland, with Trimble coming back yeah, and with no, Trimble, getting Diamond, Diamond Stone, Stone in the mix, and then Suleiman going over, Suleiman it was like, oh god, you know. I just think it is going to be, it's just going to be a whale of a matchup. It is going to be one heck of a basketball game, a high level basketball game. You got a lot of guys who can play in the NBA and will play in the NBA in this game. It's it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And you also have the factor of you have guys who could have gone pro who come who have come back and are in this game. So these are two, uh, you know, you mentioned Diamond Stone. He's a freshman. Kansas has some good freshmen, but they don't really play. These are two experienced ball clubs that are going to be going head-to-head in the Sweet 16. As far as Sweet 16 matchups go the last however many years, this one has the potential to be an all-time great, I think. We saw Kansas up close and in, in, uh, in centered playing UConn the other day. Are they are they the the clear favorite? I think so. It's theirs to lose. I they are so. the number one overall seed, of course. So going um, in, that is the anticipation. But I think them in North Carolina. But I think they have a slight edge over North Carolina. Of anyone on the left side of the bracket, so that's Maryland, Miami, Florida, Villanova, Oregon, Duke, A&M, or Oklahoma, which team has the best chance to upset them? The best chance to upset them? Yes. Uh, I think Miami with their size. Miami has a lot of size. Uh, so does Kansas. Uh, I've seen Kansas a lot this year. I didn't really. No, real- who can who can beat Kansas? I know, but I'm uh, saying, I'm I'm saying Miami. Okay. And I'm saying their size is the biggest reason. Mm-hmm. They're big down there, and I was as I was saying, I didn't realize Kansas was as big as they are for some reason until I watched them against UConn. Um, I think it's just because I've watched UConn so much, I know what their size looks like, and then. In the first couple minutes of that game against Kansas, it was just like, whoa. It was exposed. Their these, lack these of, guys are big. Yeah. These guys are big. And I've, I've seen Kansas a lot against Oklahoma, you know, all those big games. But I think with that, and then you have Rodriguez out on the perimeter. Because I think Miami is going to get through Villanova. 
uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a tough matchup. And I saw Miami up close and personal in Providence, and they just they're big. They are some big human beings. And Jim Laranaga is a great coach. I truly believe that if Kansas and Oklahoma, if we're so lucky to get a third matchup between those two teams, I think Oklahoma takes it. So I think it's the Sooners that are most likely to beat them. I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma depends so much on that perimeter shot. And you're going into an arena where in Houston where we've seen it, Brian. It's tough to shoot in those big football stadiums. Yeah. So that's something you have to look at. If if you're Oklahoma and you do end up facing Kansas, the shooting aspect of it, because they're so reliant on the perimeter shot, it, it's something that you, you'd have to factor. But we're a long way from, from getting to, to that matchup. Uh, the the game I'm most looking forward to tonight is Texas A&M versus Oklahoma. It's the first meeting between these two teams since 2013. It was a non-conference game, Sam. You know, I still I still think Big 12 matchup when <laughs> well, I see Well, the other this. day I was talking about Texas A&M, and I, I said, oh, the Big 12, something about them being in the Big 12. And then I, I think it was 30 seconds later I was like, Oh wait! It's just mind-boggling. It's just mind-boggling that Texas and Texas Tech are in the Big Twelve and A and M's in the SEC. Yeah. Now here's a question: Do you think Villanova, all that experience, think they can finally get over the hump? As far as they've got to the second weekend, but you talk about a team that lives and die by the three. Yes. That's a team that lives and die by the three. They've 23 made three pointers in the tournament, most by any team. What is it? 46 percent of their shots, I think, come from the perimeter. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it, and you mentioned how big Miami is. Villanova is an off-shooting night. It could be a long day for the Wildcats. But on the flip side, you, you look at that, and if obviously if they get hot, they can Oh, absolutely. Win. And, and then you mentioned I could say who, that, I could who, say that who with Oklahoma. Who has the best chance of beating Kansas? Uh, Villanova, if they do match up with Kansas in the regional final, if they get going from outside, I mean, with the three-pointer, not that Kansas can't shoot it, but when a team like Villanova gets on the roll, like they did against Iowa from beyond the arc in that first half, there's not many teams in the country who can beat them on a night like that. Granted, Kansas and Miami will probably play a little more defense than Iowa did, who really kind of just stood there. The last game, Duke versus Oregon, 10:07 tip on TBS, or approximately that's going to be after the A&M versus Oklahoma game. Duke, Sam, 29th Sweet 16 appearance, 29. That's, that's a lot of uh, big-time games. And you look at the rebounding matchup between the two. Now, Oregon, 65th in the country. I didn't realize that Duke was 202nd. And Yale was, was in was in second in the nation. Well, Yale out-rebounded them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they Yale were crushed them on the board. And, and Baylor as well. So I, I think you look at that game, and I think at the end of the day, Oregon is just going to wear them down, Brian. Think so? Yeah. I, I, I watched Oregon, and I, I – for the first time, really, this season, I'm not denying the fact that I haven't watched the Pac-12 all that much, and I was impressed with them. The, they have guys who can score. Dylan Brooks is is a stud. Uh, four guys who average double figures uh, in their lineup. Uh, Brooks is a guy who can put the team on his shoulder, averaging nearly 17 points per game. Uh, can shoot it fairly well from the perimeter, almost at 34%. And they showed that mental, that mental toughness. In the St. Joe's game. They came back in that St. Joe's game. They're down seven with 449 left at the end of the game on an 18-6 run. So that shows that they can overcome adversity. Let me ask you this. Duke, obviously, a big-time power. Oregon, not as much. 
do you think it would do you think it would feel like an upset if Oregon beats Duke? I think so. Just maybe not as far as this year goes, but I think any time historically it certainly would. I think in a historical t- context, anytime Duke goes down, anytime Kansas goes down, Kentucky goes down, uh, North Carolina goes, teams like that, teams of that nature, whenever they lose Michigan State. Uh, and I'm not just talking about this year losing to Middle Tennessee. When teams like that fall, especially early in the tournament, earlier in the tournament, it's it feels like a bit of an upset. Would you agree? I would agree. Uh, it's it's always a big deal when Duke loses yeah, in general. I mean, when, when Kentucky loses, it's 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 a huge deal, like what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, and, and not that it is an upset per se, because I don't think it would be. I think Oregon's going to win the game, um, but it's – to the to the person to the fan who's just checking in for the NCAA tournament doesn't follow that closely. Whenever Duke loses, it becomes a big thing. And like, wow, what happened to Duke this year? Who are your four winners tonight? I got Villanova, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oregon. So I went chalk. So you have Kansas and Villanova in the Elite Eight, and you have Oklahoma and Oregon in the Elite Eight. Yep. So I went chalk. Um. I'm going to go with Miami. I took Miami in my original bracket. I just really like them. I like the size. Angel Rodriguez out on the perimeter. Uh, he, was a, he was a lot of fun to watch last weekend. Uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go there. As far as Miami, I'm going to go with Kansas. Uh, I think just a little too much talent for Maryland. They're a little bit deeper. Uh, Maryland hasn't necessarily shown the aptitude to close out the big games this year. At times. Uh, they, at they times. S- they've struggled I've, to do so, and. They underachieved, I think, a little bit in the regular season, which put them in the five slot rather than being a two or a three or even a one like they would have been projected to be at the beginning of the year. So I think it's going to be a great game, but I think Kansas, uh, they're my national champion, as I talked about. They're going to have just a little too much. So you have Kansas and Miami, and then it's going to end up being uh, Oklahoma and uh, Oregon. So chalk in the uh, the bottom half of the bracket playing tonight. Let's move on to Friday's game, Sam. We got Iowa State versus Virginia, a seven versus six. The Badgers of Wisconsin taking on Notre Dame, eleven versus Tank Gonzaga, Syracuse, Indiana versus North Carolina. Of these four games, Sam, which are you most excited to watch? Well, I think that's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana, North Carolina. Talk about the matchups. If as far as uh, you put it here, blue collar matchup, blue blood matchup. Uh, Indiana playing Kentucky in the second round and now um, playing North Carolina here in the Sweet 16. How great is it just to say first and second round again? Oh, it's so much easier. I don't know if we talked about it last show. I don't think we did. It's so much easier. And it just sounds – you don't say, wait, second round, third round, because then third round feels like Sweet 16 and then – My favorite was when they announced it last year in, like, January. But they're like – but it's not going to start until the 2016 tournament. It's like what? You you can't – you can't go in the in Microsoft Word and just go delete, delete, and put first. And like, it's just it's like the best thing that's ever happened in this world to go back to first and second. Round. It's it's so much better in, in conversation. But yeah, Indiana, North Carolina, same. It's the final game on Friday night. Uh, big time match between Yogi Ferrell and Marcus Page, two Talk seniors that, going huh? at it. I mean, it's gonna be great. It's it's gonna and you got two teams who get up and down the floor. It's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be a lot of big shots coming after big shots. So it's gonna be a lot of I punch you. You got to punch right back. Uh, could be in store for could be the most exciting game of the Sweet Sixteen matchups. Really, 
I think you, you look at these matchups, and there's just two of them that just hop off the page. The Maryland-Kansas one that we talked about. And we didn't mention it. Maryland first time since 2003 making the Sweet 16. That's surprising. Unbelievable. That's it's, very, it's very surprising. Su- but they did have down years at the end of Gary Williams, and Mark Turgeon has done a, a really good job uh, getting them back to the point they're at, especially because he, he was on the hot seat a little bit not too long ago. Yeah, he was. Another guy that was on the hot seat at the start of the year, I didn't know why, but Tom Crean. Uh, wins the Big Ten regular season and now is in the Sweet 16. I know. So that kind of I mean, shuts those people He had up. one, you know, he built them back up. They had that team with uh, with Zeller who was a one seed but didn't win at all. And then you lost a bunch of guys. I remember that year and I remember thinking they're not going to win the national title that year. Like I, I was very confident that they weren't going to win. Much like Gonzaga in, in 2013 when uh, they were but they one were still seed a as well. really, really good team. I know they were, but I, I maybe because it was the, the, the teams that they're playing their bracket, I go, like, there's no way they're yeah. even getting to the Final Four. And Well, then you look at Indiana, and it's like he lost so much from that team. You can't expect yeah. them to really be a tournament team. I mean, Oladipo, Zeller was gone. Zeller, Watford. Watford. I mean, you lost so many guys. I mean, yeah, you brought back Yogi Ferrell, who still had a heck of a year, and, but, man, it for a t- school that obviously has such a rich basketball tradition, for their fans to kind of jump on Tom Crean like that, I thought it was a little much. you got to have some patience. Gonzaga versus Syracuse, 11 versus 10. And every you know every uh, year, Sam, we try to find that Cinderella team, you know, that double-digit seed that's in there. I don't think there really is this one this no. year. I don't think we really need to press and say that one of these two teams is a Cinderella because they've been there before. Especially Syracuse, they've won this tournament before. They were in the Final Four in 2013. Gonzaga, they were in the Elite Eight last year. I mean, they've had a couple of Final Four appearances. And, and so really, why press the issue? Why, yeah, why it, even say it, it? It's it's not. And Gonzaga is way past that point of being a Cinderella story. Yeah. Uh, they're just, simply put, they're one of the nation's elite programs right now. Stephen F. Austin, if they surpass Notre yeah. Dame, different story. But, right. but no. This is all the teams that we have left, despite their seeds this year, they're perennial power. Yeah. I mean, they've been there before. We're not shocked that this program is there. I mean, really the only one I think you could say is Miami, Florida, but they're a three seed. But see, Miami, has, they've been good the last few years. Yeah, I understand. But in terms of if you compare the as history far between. As, right, as far as history goes, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's like, but like you said, it's not a surprise that they're there. I think a, an interesting matchup in the Friday slate of games is the, the first one, the Iowa State-Virginia game. You, you have a Virginia team. Two that, contradicting exactly, styles. Exactly. You have a Virginia team that plays that pack line defense, and they're fantastic at it. And then you have an Iowa State team who doesn't play a whole heck of a lot of defense, and they like to get up and down the floor. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see which style plays out. Can Virginia finally get over that hump? They've had this great two, now three-year stretch, but they haven't made it to an Elite Eight yet. They made it to the Sweet 16 back last, when last time they made the Elite Eight was 1995. Right. That, I mean, but they, you know, they were one seeds. Were they? They were a one last year, right? Yep. And the year before. They were two the year before, I think. No, they were a one. Because remember, they played Michigan State and lost to Michigan State. That's right. And Villanova was the two in that bracket because that's who UConn beat in the third round. Class <laughs> um, elimination. So they haven't made it past the Sweet 16 point, can they? That's the question. I think they do. I, th- I think uh, I think they get past Iowa State. Cyclone Steve Prohm in his first season getting the Cyclones to the Sweet 16 seems like it's been a pretty good tra- transition stand for Iowa State. Fred Hoiberg 
going to the NBA in the Chicago Bulls. They have a lot of veteran players. Yeah. George's Niang, maybe probably Did the Naz best. Did Long ever come back? No, like, but still, a very veteran core led yes. by George's Niang, which yes. makes the tra- the the question for Iowa State as far as staying at the level they're at isn't this year. It's what are they going to be three years down the road? Yeah, when he starts getting recruiting classes, and that's where you're going to look at Iowa State and in wonder. Uh, I'm going to go Cyclones on this one. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm going I, Virginia. I, I like Iowa State in this one. I like Virginia. Uh, I think they're finally going to get over that hump. Who do you got? Indiana versus North Carolina. Flip a coin. North Carolina. I don't think it's much of a coin flip. I think. Really, uh, I think it's going to be close. I think North. I think North Carolina just has too much talent. They're not going to be able to handle Bryce Johnson inside. Uh, Jackson out on the perimeter. Marcus Page and Yogi Ferrell. They're both going to get theirs, but I think they kind of neutralize each other. Uh, to an extent, we've seen there's been games where Page where he doesn't get his points and no, North Carolina can here. still win. Yeah, uh, Bryce Johnson is the difference in this game. No one can match up against Bryce Johnson on Indiana. Thomas Bryant, the freshman, have to have the game of his life. And Bri- Thomas Bryant is a fine player, but he's not. Just Bryce Johnson is. It's just so on a, he's so athletic. He might be the most athletic player in the country this year. Yeah. Not Rodney Purvis. <laughs> Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, they were in the Elite Eight last year to Kentucky, saying they're up six in the whining minutes against Kentucky. And then, of course, they fell to another Andrew Harrison three-pointer, 68-66. Can they get back to that Elite Eight matchup? Now, I think of any game that you're looking at this weekend or on the next two days, today and tomorrow, that is the one that's the biggest toss-up. And I think Wisconsin's going to end up coming out on top. I might be a little biased. I don't like Notre Dame. I like Wisconsin. Um, there's something about, yes, Notre Dame in March, but Wisconsin in March. They find ways. They just find ways to get it done. Did you see Frank Kaminsky's reaction when yeah. Bronson came? <laughs> Sweet. And you love it. And yeah, I'm, They just find ways to get it done, no matter who's on the court, no matter now who's coaching. And they, ju- they just win games. And if Wisconsin makes it to the Final Four, this will be the third straight year that the seventh seed out of the East region makes it to the Final Four. It'll be their third straight. It would be their third straight as well. It would be my first time not going. Wow. Is, it, is this is this weird for you now that it's coming towards April and you know you don't have big plans to go to a major city for a Final Four? No, you see, I, I didn't – after my Dallas experience with the city, not with UConn winning, I didn't love Dallas as a city. You love the outcome. I did. I love the games. But I've heard Houston is somewhat similar. So I'm okay with not going. No, you can take this year off? Yeah. I really want to go to San Antonio in a few years. I think it's in Phoenix next year. It is. Phoenix and then – So where the Suns play? Or no, no. They'll probably play Probably in, at uh, uh, Glendale. Glendale. Phoenix Stadium. I'd go to Phoenix. Yeah. I really want to go to San Antonio, though. Get another old Betsy? <laughs> Need a new one. Well, I think it would be a little tougher game back on the plane, now. Just ship it. I'll be making millions by then. All right, so <laughs> – so I got Iowa State. I will take Wisconsin. Um, I'll take Gonzaga. I'll take the Zags in that game, Sam, and then I'll take North Carolina. So I'm going 4-7-11-1. I'm going to go with Virginia. I think they're going to end up playing Wisconsin. And then, excuse me, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I hate the way you did that by mixing, mixing the brackets. I just like did that. it from I, the I times. I know you did, but I'm going to take Virginia – playing Syracuse, and then it'll be Wisconsin playing North Carolina. And then North Carolina and Virginia will advance. 
let's let's stick with the college game for a little bit, then we'll reset and go to the NBA as John Calipari forced everybody on his Kentucky squad yesterday to declare for the NBA draft, walk-ons included. And this is really a case, Sam, where Calipari is taking advantage of the new rule, which, by the way, if you don't know about this new rule, it's a great rule. it is a great rule, as it allows prospects to attend the NBA combines and work if out invited. with teams. If Yes, if invited. And uh, and the, so they can work out with those teams from, from this year. It's from May 11th to the 15th in Chicago. And then they have 10 days afterwards, the, the prospects themselves, 10 days afterwards to decide if they want to stay in, in the draft or if they want to go back to school. Which, for one, is a fair amount of time. 10 days, yes. Uh, that's plenty of time for everyone who's there, NBA personnel, go back, talk about it, and then start to get the information out as far as what they're thinking about X ABC player, whichever player uh, we're talking about. And it's also a good time because by May 11, school's pretty much done. So you don't have to worry about your studies. Because if you're going back to school, potentially you have to keep your grades up. Right, right. You have to finish the semester strong. Which I wonder if it's something, maybe they'll push the combine back a little bit more. And then maybe the draft a little bit more. Because of final exam week? Because of exams. If this is going to, you know, rather than doing it May 11th, have it on... May 18th when schools are done across the country so the players don't have to worry about that. But I think it's great. I, th- I think it's a great move. Uh, there's been too many kids who have left come and not been able to come back, and then you, you never hear of them again. Do you think it can hurt the, the prospects, or is it more likely to hurt them or help them? Like Say if you're a freshman and, and you go to the combine, then you come back. Sophomore, you go in the combine, come back. Do you, like, do you think that can help them, hurt them in any way? I think it can only have a positive because, one, you find out where exactly you stand, and, two, you can find out, okay, they didn't like this about me. Now I can go back all summer, all season, and work on that specific thing. Or these three You don't things. think they're getting that information regardless? I don't know. I mean, they're probably getting it, but it's also you see it from an NBA point of view because, you know, maybe – in college, you can get to the rack every time you want just because you're a stronger player or something like that. But you go to the NBA combine and they say, well, you know, in college you can pull it off, but here, eh, not so much. You know, I don't know. There's just things that the NBA scouts and personnel can point out that maybe a college coach doesn't point out because it doesn't affect that game. You know what I mean? I think there's definitely things you can learn from it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just wonder that if you do – go, you know, three times to the combine, then it's... Because you can put your... Did you mention that you can put your name three times? Three times? Yeah, so after your... Yeah, you can't do it for your, after your senior right. year because you're graduating. Players that have declared already, Ben Simmons, Chris Dunn, Ben Bentil, Mikel Mason, Malik Newman from Mississippi State, Caleb Swanigan from, from Purdue, Cap Barber from NC State, and Sam, Daniel Hamilton. Did he? Yes. Did I? Yes. About two minutes before we were on the air. Oh, really? Yeah. He'll be back. Still makes you nervous. Yeah, it does. Still makes you nervous. May 25th. I remember the moment where I heard Boatwright was coming back and, and Daniel, Daniels wasn't. It was in the radio station. I heard it. And it was, like, mixed because it was like, yes, we got Boatwright, but oh, Daniels is gone. But, yeah, according to David Borges on Twitter, 
he basically said, why not? You know, saying that – I think he even said that he's probably a second rounder at this point, and he's probably going to come back, but uh, that's what uh, – Yeah, there you go, David Borges of the – New Haven Register, UConn Daniel Hamilton to test draft waters, not hiring an agent. And he said it's a smart move for Hamilton and indeed a trend. Some NBA teams absolutely see him as a second-round pick. Is that worth it? I, I, you know, I think I think it is a smart choice by him. It is. And you'll see a lot of players You will. You, will. I mean, you, you look at the kid from, you mentioned him from Yale, Makai Mason. Yeah. I think he'll be back. Yeah, just to... The thing is, though, with him, though, is is he going to get back to the tournament? Is is his but that is his matter. draft stock going to get any higher? I think it certainly can. It, we'll it doesn't see. matter that he's an Ivy Leaguer, Brian. Let's reset, shall we? Thank you for listening all year long on the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. Today here on this Thursday, March 24th, we've been breaking down all the Sweet 16 matchups today and tonight. Uh, before the season starts, we'll be putting out a MLB season preview. Sam and I will actually be recording that in the next couple of days. But we'll be putting it out probably the day before the Major League Baseball season starts. And also, Sam, you already kind of blew this, the the big announcement, but we are going to Grand Canyon in late May, early June. And this is a destination, Sam, a family vacation destination that we've been longing to get to for quite some time now. We have. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Just to see that, that in Just person, that. it's going to be awesome. Yeah, are we going golfing? We are. What day? What time? Probably not good for podcasting. Blowing on the microphone. Just Probably saying. not. Um, I don't remember what day. Thirty something. Thirtieth maybe. We're going at around two. Do you know our sleeping arrangements? Um. Me and you are going to be sharing. Beautiful. Um, for some of the nights, we will all be in the same room. And for other nights, we I will call not. bathroom floor. See who gets there first. <laughs> for those people who don't know, our father is the loudest snorer. Awful. Maybe ever. Terrible. It is like there's a train right next to your window. Yeah. All night long. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It's just in the station all night, and it oh. just it keeps blowing its horn. It its is. whistle. Unbelievable how loud it is. So, yeah, we might have to suffer through that for a couple nights, yeah. apparently. I'm hoping that I'm just so tired from being out in the sun and doing Grand Canyon stuff. Well, if you run enough and don't drink any water, you'll just go right to sleep. <laughs> you may never wa- you may never wake up again, but you- you'll go right to sleep. And yes, we are playing golf. We're playing on a course that has what is called the most pictured par three in the Southwest. I'm really disappointed the Diamondbacks aren't home. Me too. We missed it by a day, right? Yeah, we got a great deal on the golf though. Do you want to know the deal? What's the deal? Hundred and five dollars a person. Okay. For 18 holes, I'm assuming. 18 holes. And it includes rental clubs, Titleist rental clubs, six Titleist Pro V1 golf balls, a bag of range balls, a golf cart, golf shoes, and... Uh, water? I think water, yeah. And I th- there was something else. Oh, and the, go- and the, and the, and the, and the round. 
Not long. Yeah. That's not bad for hundred five dollars. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. It's especially when I beat you. Oh, Moving on please. to the NBA and the Eastern Conference. And the Eastern Conference, Sam, and, and you look at uh, the standings right now, and the 9-10 and 10 teams, the seeds, are the Bulls and the Wizards. Both of them were playoff teams last year. And really the Eastern Conference, and remember last year and the last couple of years we've been saying that we need balance, we need, more, we, we need to spread out the Western Conference and put some teams in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. That way it's, it's more balanced because you know, there would be times where the Eastern Conference, they'd be 12 games below 500 making the postseason. Well, now this year you look at the standings right now, and it's the Western Conference that has a below 500 record in this in the playoffs if the season ended today, and that's the Houston Rockets. But it just shows that you know teams are are getting better than the Eastern Conference, and you know a little bit lesser. It could also be because the Warriors are beating up on teams, but I think that helps. And but the Spurs. It it all goes in ebbs and flows. I yeah, mean, it just does. It's it's like not to use baseball too much, but the American East, the American East in baseball, the AL East, was just so good for all those years, and they were the best division in baseball. Now, they're not, and that, that's just how it happens. It, there's ebbs, there's flows, and uh, I think the West has the better teams. Uh, I, I think overall. Yeah, overall, the top three, I'd say overall, definitely. Golden State, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City. Then you probably slot Cleveland in at number four. Um, But you're definitely seeing much more parity. The race for those middle seeds in the East, it's going to be wild. I mean, you lose a couple games. If the Celtics lose a couple games, if the Hornets lose a couple games, you could be dropping it down from the four seed to the seven seed just like that. Well, the seven will be a little tough because you got the the Pacers. Uh, they're thirteen and a half. So the Hornets, who are ten back out of first uh, in sixth place, they're three and a half up on them. But if you if you look at the three, four, five, and six positions, it's separated by a half a game. That's the Hawks, Celtics, Heat. And Hornets, four teams separated by half a game. Uh, Atlanta and Boston at 42 and 30, and then Miami and uh, Charlotte at 41 and 30. And that's just because the Hawks and Celtics have played one extra game. And you look at it, (laughs) wouldn't you prefer – you either want the three or the six. Yeah. You don't want the four or the five. Can't you, just because you don't – I know Cleveland hasn't – well, they seem disappointed in it, but, I mean, they're still 51-20. and 20. I know. I'll I get mean, to that in a second, but, yeah. It's it's a little ridiculous the way people are talking about it. I mean, they have the third-best record in the league. Um, so you'd much rather play Toronto than, than Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So you want the three or the six. The Charlotte Hornets, Sam, they won 11 out of 13. And just the other day on Monday, they came down from 23 points against the Spurs at home. And uh, they're playing very good basketball, 18-5 since February 1st. Our guy, Kemba Walker. He's been better than I thought. Yeah. I thought I thought he'd be a good pro, but he's turned into a real star. He really has. 48-point game earlier this year has really just taken over game. Do you see the layup he made against the Brooklyn Nets? He split a couple defenders, you know, like kind of like what he did against uh, 
the Georgetown game. I don't know if you remember. Off the, the backboard? No, no, no. Um, when he split the defenders in in the Big like, tournament. Oh yeah. Uh, so it was. It looked like that, and then there was I forget who the a Brooklyn defender came up and kind of had it in his left hand, and then somehow he switched hands and got it off the top of the glass. It was it was unbelievable. Could use him on the UConn team. Yeah, seriously. I'm if they have Jimmy Lamb, Sam. If they had kept Shabazz Napier, I'd be all oh man. I would. Oh. I w- if if Shabazz yeah. if if Shabazz was on that team, I would try to make a point to go to a Nets. Or Celtics game when the Hornets are in town. It actually. I, mean, I saw the Hornets last year play the Celtics, and it was when Kemba was hurt. Same. I saw when when the Hornets we both went, to the went around the same yeah. time. Huh? Yeah. I was just like, come on. It's the only reason why you're excited to go in the first oh. place. Well, no, but yeah. yes and Especially no. at that point because the Celtics hadn't started that. The Celtics. Remember last year, back to the Celtics season when they started that February run that propelled them into the playoffs. That was kind of when it first started, so I was more like, all right, Kemba, that's cool. If it was this year, I'd be like, all right, I'm excited to see the Celtics. Moving over to the Western. First winning season for Brad uh, Brad Brad Stevens Stevens. uh, clinched yesterday. Moving over to the Western Conference, Sam, do you want to see the Golden State Warriors win 73 games this year? Yes. Why? History. I like history. I like greatness. I like them. And they're so close. I agree. I agree. I don't know. Uh, it's not much at, of an explanation. Well, no, because like because I had a I did my, one of my opening rants at school and my radio show on WCS Radio at ninety point one every Tuesday from eleven to noon this semester. I was saying I was like, hey, like because there's a lot of people that hate Steph Curry, right? Because they 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 do not because he shows some emotion. Yeah, because he shows some. I mean, there's times where he shimmied in the Hawks bench in their faces. That that's that's a little too well, much. Well, he said I think. he did it for. Um, He was on their team last year. Bazingas. Bazmore? Yeah, Bazmore. It's Kent Bazmore. He was with them last year. Yeah. And he did it, like, as a joke for him. Oh, so. Well, whatever. Um, but to me, it's just, it's just you got you have an opportunity to witness history. I mean, because people, when they're like, oh, you know, Larry Bird. Like, for, I'm talking about our generation. Oh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, it's it's like they're untouchable because we never actually saw them play. But now that you're in the moment of being able to witness and actually watch Golden State achieve something that seems that thought to be unbreakable, I think you have to root for it. You have to. How could you not? I mean, it's just like it's it's history. Um, and it's even – it's – I don't know. I guess it's a little. I was going to use. I was rooting for the Giants to beat the Patriots and stop them from history, but it's not because I didn't want to see the Patriots. Because you're a Giants fan. Accomplish history. That's because I'm a Giants fan. But it's it, it's a different thing in the regular season here, isn't it? Where um, they could be playing my favorite team in that final game, sitting at 72 and nine for the regular season, and they need a win to get 73. And my team is already in the playoffs and already locked into their seed. I'll root for Golden State, you know, because it's the regular season. Once the regular season happens, it all wipes clean. So there's no reason not to root for them to get there. I think. See, so look at the schedule and who they got left: Dallas, Philly, Washington at Utah, home versus the Celtics, Portland, who they lost to, home or away. Uh, it's home. 
And then they haven't lost at home yet. They do kind of a tough stretch the last four games. If you were to find a tough stretch, they're home versus San Antonio. They're at Memphis, at San Antonio, and home versus Memphis. See, Memphis uh, isn't as tough as as in the beginning. As in the the beginning beginning of the year. The other day, all those injuries to Memphis, Conley and Gasol. Uh, trading away players, no more Jeff Green. They had seven guys dressed. Four of them were on 10-day contracts. And they're fifth in the in the Western Conference yeah. right now. So it, it's not like they're, I don't know. Well, uh, in other news, the, the Nets, Sixers, Timberwolves, Suns, and Lakers have been officially eliminated from the postseason, in case you were wondering. That's, that's interesting. Um, real quick, Sam, give me a biggest. I think they get there, though. Who? The Golden State. You think so? I think so. I mean, go go through go through that schedule again. I got to go back. Let's see here. Let me scroll down. Let's let's go one by one. Um, f- tomorrow night, home versus Dallas. Win. No Chandler Parsons. Sixers win. Home versus Washington. Win. At Utah. Talk about a disappointing team, Washington. At Utah. That's a win, probably. So that's four wins. Home versus Boston. Win. Home versus Portland. Win. That's seven right there. That's seventy-one. We got five games left. Home versus Minnesota. Win. Home versus San Antonio. Probably a win. At Memphis. So the only time that the end. I mean, we just said win to all of them. The only time that they have a back-to-back is April 9th and tenth when they're at Memphis at San Antonio. But even then, if they were, they're going to get this thing and still have time to rest, guys. Bry. Very well, good. And you also have to look at it how. How much are guys on, say, the Spurs going to play? That's you know, true. Popovich, and how much are guys on Golden State going to play, too? You have to factor that in. Um, Steve Kerr has said he's not going to play for the 73 games. No, but if you're getting close. I said, it, I said it's because he wants to keep his own record as a player. <laughs> if, if, if they're sitting at 64-7 and seven right now, if they win five in a row from this point on, like their schedule would indicate that they easily can, um, then you have some leeway to work with where you can rest guys. So so five in a row and they'd be how many wins? Five in a row would get them the 69, 69 and 69, and they would need four more. Yeah. I think there's still opportunities to rest guys. The way they're going, there's opportunities to rest guys and still go after this thing. I agree, and I hope they do get it. Yeah. I really do. To come this close and not get it? Yeah. Uh, let's and a lot of their guys are young, which is which is key. Which too, is very so. key. We're gonna wrap up the show with a couple of quick hits uh, from all different sports. Uh, Sam, the other day in Cuba, the Rays took on the Cuban national team in a baseball game in Havana. Huge, huge, more than just baseball implications. Certainly, with all the hardships going on in Cuba. And Rob Manfredi said, you know, may, maybe in 10 years we can start talking about possibly putting a franchise in Cuba, but certainly a lot more has to go on in the government there than, than just, uh, you know, the Cuban baseball team. Let's worry about figuring out some other stuff before we uh, start figuring out a team there. But I watched a little bit more than you, I think. The atmosphere was fantastic. And, and a lot oh, of that's the, not a surprise, and and, and, and and a lot of the, the, the players, uh, even Chris Archer, who I've really grown to like in the, in the last year, um, getting a chance when he's been on broadcast, held himself very professionally and everything. He was saying that, he goes, honestly, the, the, Cuba, the Cuban baseball fans can be more passionate than like the ones in America. Where does he play his games, Brian? Tampa, yes, but. Well, it's a different atmosphere. You go to a, a game in the U.S. and 
But it's 11 million people that it's because it's that's very it's it, the crowds at baseball games. I think a lot of the time, especially you know, you get that game in July and it's just kind of passive. People are chatting, watching the game. You get the smattering of applause, especially early in the game. But whenever I watch uh, games in countries such as Cuba, the Dominican, or Japan, you watch the games. The crowd get a- gets after it. They're oh, yeah. actively engaged. Yeah. Bands and just it's just a different atmosphere. I think American baseball viewing is much more relaxed, almost sophisticated. It's because we're right because we can watch literally any team we want every day. Like it's yeah. it's, it's just always it's there. It it is different because we take it more for granted, I guess, than in Cuba. Yeah, that's their release. Yes, more so than it is for us. Yes. Alex Rodriguez has announced that he will retire after the 2017 season when his contract expires. In other news, you knew that was He'll be 42 years old. You knew he was going to wait till the end. In serious news, Craig Sayers has Craig Sager. Sager, excuse me, uh, has three to six months to live. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Leukemia is uh, back for Craig Sager. And uh, just the response he got from folks when he returned – to TNT broadcast this year was was fantastic and uh, you, whether you know the person you know him through TV whatever it is you just you hate to hear it it's going to be very very interesting what you know as these months as the season winds down for TNT and the NBA well the how last, much is he going to be he's, he's on the schedule for three games as he said he's going to try to keep going I want him the Spur- I, well he says he wants to continue but he's one of the Spurs I'm not. That yeah. that last interaction between him and Popovich. I mean, yeah. we've seen Popovich get emotional with him not even being there, and, and there, there's been yeah. times where he's saying, "You know, get well soon," and, and things like that. And well, because that's the thing about Pop, he loves doing that yeah. stuff to the reporters. Now it's oh, like yeah. it's become the thing. Yeah, it's not just, just the other a- day he was uh, he was making fun of somebody on his own team. He was saying it's uh, I don't know some some foreign it's player. It started and, off with him being kind of a, a little bit of a sticking it to the league. Yeah, and now it's just become but. It's it's sad uh, what's happened with Craig Sager. Yeah, you you just hope uh, that maybe he can either find a cure or stretch it out for five years or whatever it may be. And the last bit of news today, Sam, your Cleveland Browns have signed Robert Griffin the third to a two-year deal, a two-year deal. My Cleveland Browns. Hey, you were a fan at one point or another time. Yeah. I think that's a good place for him. Think so? Yeah, he needs a fresh start. And, yeah, any any place other than Washington was a good start for. Or, uh, do you think he still has talent to win the NFL? Yeah, he has the capability of doing it. Sure, certainly an upgrade from Johnny Manziel. The yeah. headache, the, any headache that you get from Robert Griffin the third will feel like a a minor. Yeah, minor. Like a, oh, what did RG three? Oh, whatever. <laughs> Whatever we don't. Oh, he was at a family party. Oh, okay. We don't even have to address that. <laughs> don't even worry about it. So yeah, RG three going to the Cleveland Browns for the next two seasons. Well, that's going to conclude our show here on this March twenty fourth. Thank you for listening to the Sports Brothers podcast. The next time you hear from us will be in about ten days or so, as we will have our MLB season preview show. We'll have our World Series predictions. All of our surprises, who's going to win all the divisions, all that and more. Do you have any cool ideas of of awards we can give out, preseason awards? MVP. MVP. Wow, that's very original. 
You are so the Roll Aids Relief Man of the Year. The Relief Man of the Year. Yeah. You want to go over that in depth. I'll tell you what, Carson Smith is not off to a hot start with that award. Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Jonathan, you know Papelbon's 35 now? Good. I hope he retires soon. I thought there – I'm not going to get too far. I thought there was no chance that he would be on the Washington Nationals this year. Same. And there he is. It's, they're both on there. Well, you knew one of the two was definitely well, not going somewhere yet. It's it's The other one might make $400 million in a very short amount of time. Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox. Red Sox won't spend that. $400 million. It's unbelievable. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Make sure drop. you tune back in in a couple days for our next podcast. Thank you for listening for today. And, folks, have a great Easter weekend and watch a lot of basketball.